This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, The Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon. Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode 7, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, begins now. to up dice and droids our uh, unplanned summer hiatus is over uh, we we apologize for that schedules got busy this summer but we hope you enjoyed uh, our little side episode with the rogue Padron crew uh, rebels team is up this week uh, it's myself brian and nancy hi and uh, we've got rocky hello and of course game master tom hello all right tom well i will turn things over to you Cool. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, it's really great. Uh, we're going to try to get a couple of episodes uh, recorded in a row here in, in the short term. So we're going to get right back into, uh, you know, getting the momentum going on our story. Um, we're going to do two things before we jump into tonight's section. Uh, the first thing that we're going to do is uh, we are going to create a destiny pool. Uh, which is really cool. This is a mechanic that the um, Fantasy Flight um, Star Wars games all have, um, but we haven't really been using uh, since we've started, mostly because it's just part of my grand plan to introduce all the elements of this game and system to everyone piece by piece uh, so that no one gets overwhelmed by mechanics and game systems and stuff. So we haven't really needed it, uh, though I'm guessing between tonight's session and where the story is starting to go as things ramp up, you guys are going to be in need of a little help from Destiny. So we're going to create a Destiny pool, and in fact, you three are going to help me create the Destiny pool. Okay. Now, what is the Destiny pool? Um, the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game has this thing called the Destiny pool, which is... Uh, both a way for the players and the GM to impact the game, both mechanically in the form of um, adjusting dice rolls or adjusting the type of die that's used. But it also has a very strong narrative component and allows either the players or the GM to introduce small uh, changes to the narrative in real time to make up for sort of holes in character planning or holes in the narrative. So my, my, the best and easiest example I could think of is if you think back to episode one and you think back to when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, you know, have crash landed slash invaded onto Naboo um, and they are following Jar Jar and need to swim down to the Gungan city. The last thing we see them do before they get into the water is they pull out these little rebreathers so that they can more or less breathe underwater while they're swimming. Now, at no point during the, you know, 30 minutes or so into the film, have we seen them do anything that would suggest that they might know they're going to need rebreathers. And in fact, one wonders whether or not they carry those around them all the time. Maybe they do, but for the instance to say they didn't. 
if Star Wars Episode One were a Fantasy Flight RPG session, at that moment in the game, one of the players playing as one of the two Jedi might, as they approach the water, be like, oh, no, you know, we didn't, you know, in their head might say, oh, no, we didn't pack rebreathers. We can't swim this far. This isn't going to work. If they had a destiny point available to them, they might say, OK, I'm going to use a destiny point and say that, you know, we packed rebreathers into our like outfits that morning, like before we left to get on the consular ship to go to the Trade Federation ship. That's a really small narrative tweak. It's a very small adjustment to the story. It doesn't break the story in any real way. It doesn't give the players an unfair advantage. It doesn't disadvantage the GM or vice versa in any major way. But it allows not only the characters to make an interesting choice about their preparation or about what their characters might have done, you know, not having information, you know, before the fact, but it also allows the game to just keep going without the characters having to sort of needlessly get bogged down in a five minute, like, weird quagmire of like how are we going to breathe underwater long enough to get to the city that's essentially what the destiny pool lets you guys do and the way that we create it is at the beginning of every session the three of you each rolls one of the force dice which it die each rolls one force die excuse me um which is that white die that just has black dots or uh or uh white dots on it we haven't used it before because it doesn't really come up in any other check um, so I, I need each of you to do is roll one of those white die. Okay. Um, and that will create the destiny pool for us. You roll the number of dice equal to the number of players. So since there are three of you, um, we're going to roll three and each one of you is going to roll one. Gotcha. So everybody roll one die and tell me what your result is. And it's either going to be, it's going to be a certain number of either black or white dots. Gotcha. I've got one light side. Okay. I have a black dot. Okay, so you have one dark side. I have two round circles. Okay, so you have two light side. Okay, so Aww, dark side. No, no, this is it's it, it actually doesn't doesn't <laughs> matter for you individually. Um, so the result then is uh the dice pool. I mean the destiny pool is four because we had four dots in total, and it is currently three light side dots and one dark side dot now why is it important to know whether they're light or dark well the way this works is light side points are used by the players and dark side points are used by the gm (laughs) which means Uh that at the moment i have one dark side destiny point available to me and you guys have three light side destiny points available to you now that might sound like you guys have some crazy awesome advantage over your game master you would be incorrect in that assumption. <laughs> oh, no. Um, because here's how destiny works, and here's how the force works. The force is always ever seemingly in balance, or at least trying to be in balance. There is, you know, a light for every, you know, every bit of dark has light and vice versa. So when one of us uses a destiny point, that destiny point flips from light to dark or dark to light. Destiny points and the destiny pool doesn't ever actually change during a game session. So the destiny pool is only is always going to be comprised of four. However, if I use my destiny point, it now flips and becomes a light side destiny point. Now you guys have four light side destiny points. I have zero. I can no longer use the destiny pool. Now then let's say that uh, Brian and Rocky sort of back to back use up two de- you know use up a destiny point apiece to get out of some situation. Those two destiny points now flip and become dark side destiny points. And suddenly I have two destiny points available to me. 
So there is a constant ebb and flow of the destiny points back and forth between the players and the GM, between the light side and the dark side. That is the destiny pool. So if at some point tonight you would like to try to use the destiny pool <laughs> to do something, just say what you want to do, and I will let you know if if that falls under the category of the destiny pool. Um, the destiny pool is very much not a deus ex machina thing, so like... You can't use the Destiny pool to suddenly make Luke Skywalker appear and save you guys. Um, Aw, damn it. Uh, simultaneously, I can't just use the Destiny pool to make Darth Vader appear and kill you guys. So <laughs> There you go. So that is the Destiny pool. So that, that was the first thing out of the way. We are now, from now on, every game session, we are going to start by rolling up and creating a Destiny pool. So it's four dice right now. You know, for this one, if we play our next session, you guys might roll. It might only be a couple, uh, you know, it might be only three dice. Um, so, or it could be more than that. So that's the destiny pool. Okay. But that's that. Um, and the second thing that I want to do briefly before we actually get into the session, because it's been a while, is we need to talk about what happened last time and where you guys are. Um, because I'm sure that you guys, and I'm sure that anyone listening to this might not be entirely familiar, uh, and remember exactly where we are. In <laughs> fact, I re-listened to the last episode before we got on tonight, and even I was like, oh, crap, definitely <laughs> forgot that happened. Uh, so, uh, Brian, let's start with you. Can you remember one thing about kind of the, near the end of the last episode, any one thing that jumps out at you about where the team is at the moment? We're currently in kind of a holding room, and we we kind of uh, ended things with um, us being entered into a Mad Max-style death race. <laughs> that sounds correct. Nancy, do you remember who or what group has uh, confined you to this room and has sentenced you to this, you know, <sighs> wonderful event? Uh, I can't remember the hut's name. But it was one of one of the huts that is kind of jockeying for power after Jabba's death. Does anyone remember the hut's name? <laughs> type it no. into. I will type it into our Slack channel so that we have a record of it. Um, it is Zertok. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's Zertok, the individual who oh. seems to be running this whole I remembered gambit. That you the, guys I remembered the I remember the the name of the other group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the other group? There's, you know, of one other group that you've been imprisoned with, and you've kind of been trying to, you know, get on your side, but they've been reticent to really help you. This is the Karthak group. Yes, it is the Karthak. Um, cool. Uh, Rocky, do you remember any other important things that happened near the end of the last session, or? about what you're actually supposed to be doing um, <laughs> when you're not imprisoned in a cell about to be forced into a death race? Oh, well, uh, we were actually trying to get some plans to help out the Rebel Alliance. And because we're really, really good at our jobs, we instead managed to start a giant bar fight, explode a cantina, and basically make everyone's lives miserable and then get ourselves vaguely arrested by the huts or whatever the hut definition of arrested is. There you go. The huts actually don't have a, a word or a definition for arrest. They just <laughs> they just kidnap and torture and all that stuff. Place they put you before they get around to killing you, basically. And do you remember anything specific that was mentioned about Kira at the very end of the last episode? I think somebody noticed her. Somebody realized that they know her from somewhere. That is correct. Kira was notified that someone 
has claimed the bounty that is on her head and that in the event that things don't go well in the upcoming race that she's going to take part in, she is going to be handed over to this individual and whisked off to whomever and wherever, you know, her bounty originated from. However, um, the rest of the rebel team is unaware of said bounty or unaware of what the bounty is and what's going on with Kira. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, does anyone have any questions uh, before we get started? Uh, oh, one more detail. I believe it was uh, the technology we were after turned out to actually be Karthak Group oh, yeah. uh, personnel. Yeah. That is correct. Very good job, Brian, for remembering that. That, yes, you uh, finally were able to uncover in your discussions with Karthak Group that the technology that was being auctioned off by the huts is in fact maybe not actually technology but prisoners in the form of uh Karthak group scientists who have the research or access to the technology that we claim they be selling and we were trying you, to get them to work with us and tell us we will help them but they uh, are not interested in rebellions and the greater good Yes, they seem to have <laughs> a fundamental distrust of uh, your your organization and any and, and other organizations at large. Okie doke. Uh, so we are ready to go. So we're going to jump right in. And uh, we're going to fast forward. Um, when last we left, it was you and the Karthak group members uh, that you were with. Uh, Bardwin, Silas, and Prithra uh, were all stuck in this sort of one holding cell together. You were bantering back and forth, sort of arguing, you know, trying to come to some common ground, but they didn't really seem that interested when suddenly um, a parcel was delivered to you um, by one of the hut gangsters who informed Kira about her bounty situation. Um, and the parcel had some information in it, which more or less said that you guys were going to be competing as some sort of swoop bike race through or to Beggar's Canyon. Um, and upon seeing this information, the uh, three members of the Carthrack group got really excited and, and, and uh, you know, were speaking with a lot of bravado about uh, how <laughs> the fact that you guys were doomed and that, you know, you're in, in a lot of trouble. That's where we were. We are going to fast forward now slightly. And uh, it's only going to be a few hours later uh, where we left last time was probably what I would say um, early evening. And we're going to fast forward now. It's now late evening. And you guys have actually been separated from the Karthak group. You weren't given any explanation for the separation. Um, just not long after the parcel was delivered, um, a couple of Gamorian guards uh, and the gangster who had de delivered the parcel came into the cell and more or less forcibly removed you three and put you in a different cell completely alone. You don't know why that happened. Uh, your best guess would be that they, you know, Zertok and uh, the, you know, was didn't want you guys like, you know, killing or beating each other up before the, you know, the games could begin. As you were reminded, Zertok very much likes his games. Um, so he probably wanted all of the contestants to be, you know, in prime shape to to give the most entertainment. The three of you are alone. You have this you have a copy of this parcel with you. Um, you are in a holding cell room that is otherwise unremarkable. Um, and here we are. Okay, so death race. This can't be that bad, right? Right? 
maybe next time we get into a job like this, we should like read the fine print and make sure we're not getting into something this terrifying. A little bit of risk is okay, but what did we get ourselves into? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned with the uh, that there's a bounty, supposedly. That's that's alarming for you. Oh, oh yeah, that. W- would you care to tell us about this bounty uh, you might have wanted to tell us about before we left for this desert wasteland? I didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, you have a bounty on your head, and you didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't think they were serious about a bounty. <laughs> Who was serious really about a bounty? <laughs> um, us. Uh, long story but people who i decided i didn't want anything to do with anymore but they decided that i should hang around still i didn't do what they wanted and i just left i didn't think they would really put a bounty on my head i mean that's not something your family normally does to you right excuse me (laughs) your family put a bounty on your head Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, so bounty, fine. <laughs> I'm going to go look at this parcel again to see if I missed anything in here. Uh, so, Game Master Tom, is there anything in, I'm reading in this parcel that would be of use to me? Uh, let's see. So, the... Uh, Parcel contains um, a uh, overview map of um, an overview map of Tatooine, or at least like part of Tatooine. Uh, and I am dropping an image. Ooh, I will be dropping an image into Slack channel in a second. Um, and it has a bunch of markings on it. Um, it actually has, yeah, it has a bunch of markings on it, and it informs you through these markings that the like the general trajectory of the race will be from will be through Beggars Canyon. Um, it doesn't really have a whole lot of information about it. Uh, it doesn't give you an exact readout, but the area around Beggars Canyon and Mos Espa is um, highlighted. Um, accompanying this, uh, map is a, um, kind of single piece of flimsy plast that just outlines the, the sort of stakes. Um, it's written in a very formal, uh, sort of, uh, it's very, it's written in sort of like a very formal proclamation, um, and is written as the, uh, the dictation of uh the honorable lord zertok like through someone else um and it's explaining to you that you have been chosen that you are one of uh the select few who has been chosen to um take place in a grand display of hut majesty and power and that uh in the form of this grand um race and that uh the winners uh, will be rewarded uh, not only with a uh, 5,000 credit bounty that they will get to keep, a sort of a 5,000 credit prize, 
but that they will earn a special commission from Zertok himself. Hmm. Uh, the commission is not explained or detailed anymore. It's just, uh, but the way it's written, it's written as this very prestigious honor that you should be, you know, overjoyed to, uh, to possibly receive. Um, uh, it also, there is like a line there that says that with this commission comes the opportunities for further wealth and, uh, you know, and, and advancement. Mm-hmm. But again, very vague on the exact details of what that means. Um, it says under that that uh, the losers of the race, um, unless prior agreements exist with the Honorable Lord Zertok, uh, shall remain imprisoned or be disposed of in a manner uh, most unkind. Oh, great. Uh, the, well, what did we expect them to the say? The part of the uh, the part of the thing that the the part of the uh, the missive that says unless prior agreements exist with Zertok kind of catches your eye um, because it seems to indicate that not everyone that's going to be taking part in this race is doing so um, uh, under duress hmm. is in the way well, that you guys are. Well, if this race has big prizes in it, then probably some professional racers or something heard about it and decided to make the best of it. Uh, and then under it, at the very bottom, there are a couple of like stipulations, um, which uh, say things like max altitude of 10 meters, um, power compressor installed on all vehicles, uh, tampering with it results in immediate disqualification, um, there's like a, it's like weird sort of rules that don't all make a ton of sense to you, but you imagine once you get, uh, prepped for the race tomorrow that they might, they might, you know, get, gain some more context. And that's all it says. All right, team, what do we do now? Well, if there's a map of the route, we should probably memorize as much of the map as we can. Best to know where we're going. Okay, let's see. How well defined is this route? Um, going through Beggar's Canyon, does it look like uh, there are any shortcuts to be had that might not exactly be charted on the bid on the red dotted line? Um, just judging by the topography of the map, uh, actually, now this is not really. Um, judging on the topography, it does look like there are probably some routes that are, uh, available for, um, let's say a small swoop bike or, or a certain type of speeder. Um, but until you're actually out there and until you know what type of vehicle you're in, you're not really sure if you can rely on, you know, on creating a uh, a route for yourself that leads you through the canyon um, in any reasonable way. Um. Okay. Uh, let's see. Anything else in that pa- parcel stand out to anyone? No. No. 
No. So are we just kind of stuck here biding our time until they haul us out and throw us in some kind of speeder or swoop bike to face certain doom and oblivion? Well, do we have a strategy or anything other than try not to smash against the wall of the canyon? I mean, that sounds like a pretty good strategy to me. Strategy should be to win. Well, yes, but like other... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are we all racing... Or are we just one? Was one of us racing? Do we all have to race? Probably. Uh, what does the parcel say? <laughs> as you guys ponder that question, there is a knock on the outside of the door, um, and after a second, not really waiting for a response, it looked like it was just more of a knock of attention. Uh, the door opens, and this same uh, sort of hut, low little hut gangster that you've been, uh, you know, seeing. Uh, comes in with uh, uh, comes in with a data pad and is pressing buttons on it. And he wants to know uh, he wants to know if you've decided yet on your choice of vehicle. Uh, we haven't been told what choice we have. What are our options here? Uh, he seems a little annoyed at the question. He kind of huffs and he goes. Oh. It's just like grumbling about like mismanagement and and like you know logistics and whatnot. Um, and he reaches you know into his back pocket and pulls out another piece of flimsiplast and hands it to you and says, um, you know, when you're done, when you figure it out, like knock on the door and uh, you know I'll come back. And he just slams the door in your face and leaves. Uh, the flimsiplast he gives you has a picture of two different um, ships on it. Uh, and the, uh, two ships, one of them looks like, uh, a, I'm going to say semi-typical, uh, land speeder, uh, a speeder that you guys have, um, if not actually ridden in this type of speeder before you've seen, you know, you've seen speeders like it, uh, and it, Looks like it only holds two people. Um, there is a, another speeder. Uh, the other picture is the is a picture of a single seat swoop bike, uh, which only holds a single person. Um, and beneath both of them, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of information about each one. Uh, reading them, you can see that the single swoop uh, model, you know, clearly has a slightly better um, maximum speed. It is slightly more maneuverable, um, but what it has in sort of speed and maneuverability, it lacks in terms of its uh, durability. Uh, obviously, its passenger capacity and um, overall just sort of its uh, ability to um stay in good working order over a long period, you know, a long period of continuous use. Um, so, so it's a millennium Falcon style ship. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> what's a millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay. So we have two options here. One option is one of us goes solo and tries to win this thing. The other option is we pair up with a speeder and try to team up our team our way through it. 
I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm expecting this to be rigged in a dozen different ways, and having a second set of eyes in the race might be helpful. Yes, I agree. Yes. I agree entirely. So, we want the speeder. Who, who's going to go? Who's the best pilot? Well, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got 300 hours of simulator time? How many hours of actual X-Wing time do you have? That's beside the point. (laughs) Checking. Just checking lane. So, obviously, I nominate myself as pilot, but who else? I don't, as much as I hate giving... Lane a big head. I will concur with his assessment as the the pilot of the group, supposedly. Yeah, I have piloting skills, but if but if Lane's that determined and really thinks he's good enough to to do this, <laughs> we might need a second set of eyes, anyways. I feel like navigation might be important here. Oh, hmm. Well. Let's see. What, so, what's your planetary piloting? Uh, I am a. That's my bread and butter. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was very convincing. My dice pool for that is two yellow and a green. For planetary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I have, I have three green. For planetary and two, two yellow, one green for space. So this speeder, are there I... any armaments on it, or what does it look like? The second non-pilot person does in the speeder. Uh, it just looks like there is a co-pilot seat. Um, it actually just looks like a standard. Um, it just looks like a standard speeder, more or less. Um, it doesn't really, there's no, on neither of those bikes, is there any sort of um, weaponry? Um, the uh, other speeder just happens to have a two-seat cockpit, um, as opposed to the uh, swoop bike, which really has a seat for one person. You might be able to, you could probably find ways to fit more people on it if you needed to. But okay. it's a single single seat unit. We also don't want to stuff too many people in because then you'll end up something too heavy. And if we need to win, we need to have some speed. Right. So who's co-piloting with me? Well, let's see. Three green dice for planetary piloting. Three green dice for space piloting. And lots of bad ideas, so I don't know. Which one of us do you trust more as the co-pilot? <laughs> I mean, whose bad ideas are usually least terrible? That's probably a good way to think about it. Well, let's see. Nancy, or, uh, Dia. Dia blew us all up in a cantina, so I'm very tempted to go with uh, go with Kira here. Yeah, <laughs> but I got us out of the cantina. And, and out of the cave. And straight into a decommissioned Rancor pit. Uh, which I got us out of. What have you done? <laughs> Except Found out that my family put a bounty on my head for being an irresponsible teenager. <laughs> Who's got the highest perception score? Um, 
I have one yellow, one green. Kira? Uh, one yellow, two green, and a nice neat little check mark. And number one. Okay. I think we're going to go with Kira as the co-pilot here. So, All right. Deciding on our on couch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay, so we've decided on our speeder. I go and bang on the door to let uh, Mr. Mobster know that we've made our selection. Okay. And actually, I finally got the images to... Uh, ah, perfect. Finally got the images to actually drag and drop themselves into... Um, Slack. So if you need to look at them again, you can. Uh, you go and knock on the door, and it opens ever so slightly, and he uh, he asks you, he's like, all right, which one of the which one do you want? We're taking the two-seater. Uh, he looks at it, he goes, all right, I don't really know how you're going to fit three people onto that thing, but good luck, and he slams the door in your face. Well, we weren't going to fit three people onto a speeder bike. Okay, so the door has been slammed in your face, and he seemed to insinuate that all of you are going to be taking part in the race somehow. Well, then I'm glad we chose the two-seater. Yeah, because I don't think all three of us are getting on that other option. Yeah. So I guess we wait until they drag us out. Okay. Uh, Would anyone like to do anything, say anything uh, before I'm going to essentially, you know, end the night? Um, But you're certainly welcome to do or say things before I before that. Can we get really drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's not really anything for you to get drunk with. Really? It was worth a try. Now, I'm going to just keep looking at this map and try to remember as much of the route as I can. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask right. a, an out-of-universe out of, out of universe question about the map? Of course you can. Is this, was, is this one of the ones... Was this made for Kenobi? Uh, this was not made for Kenobi. Oh. Uh, what do I remember it from, then? I forget where this map comes from. Uh, it's does got, this like, the... Danner's claim on it in Orin Galt's home. And I remember seeing it. I don't somewhere. think it was made for Kenobi specifically, uh, even though it has, uh, you know, the um, even though it has certain uh, elements from obviously from mm-hmm. Kenobi. But I forget where it originally um, okay. where it's originally from. Okay. I'm sure someone on the internet will correct yeah. me. <laughs> yep. Just oh. curious. I've gone over these schematics and these maps, and I don't think I'm going to be able to yeah. find anything else out. Yeah. Same. Anybody else have any bright ideas before we try and get some sleep before we're hauled out of here? No. I think sleep, I don't think sleep I should be sound, allowed to have bright ideas. Sleep sounds like a good good idea all right i think we're uh going to attempt to sleep and get ready for whatever's next Mm -hmm. okie doke (laughs) um fine with me 
Okay. Um, so you guys eventually find ways to sleep. The the cell you're in did in fact have some like very thin, uh, not really all that comfortable, uh, more or less perfunctory bedrolls uh, that you were able to uh, utilize. Uh, and you sleep through the night. You are awoken uh, rather quickly the next morning. It's rather early from what you can gather, um, despite not being able to like see outside or, or, or really see how light it is. Um, and you are very quickly sort of whisked off out of the cell um, into a large, uh, sort of like a, a large... Uh, Almost like a dance hall, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> into a large dance hall uh, where you uh, there are all, a bunch of people like sitting in chairs and on benches like around the outside. You are all three of you flanked by a large number of uh, hut gangsters and Gamorian guards and other nasty looking people carrying blasters and, you know, vibro knives and things. Um, and you are led into the middle of this dance hall room where... Uh, you can see Zertok the Hut, and it's actually him. It's not a hologram of him. It's not, uh, uh, you know, an, an otherwise a trick of the light or anything. Uh, sitting on a dais, uh, he is flanked again by more guards and, and people. Um, uh, there is uh, the large, uh, one of the Twi'leks who you've seen a couple of times, who seems to be the, the mouthpiece of Zertok, um, is, is standing next to him. Uh, and then there are a number of groups. There are four other distinct groups of people, uh, some of them surrounded by guards like you are, some of them not, but very clearly sort of standing at attention facing Zertok. Uh, as you walk up, you are the fifth sort of group to be placed in front of him. Uh, of the four other groups, the only group of people that you recognize are uh, Bardwin, Silas, and Pretha of the Karthak group. They're standing a little ways away from you. Um, they kind of give you a mixture of nods and, you know, not not come very friendly nods as you walk up uh, next to them. But they're not like, you know, they're not like miming, like slitting their throat at you or anything like that. You know, um, it's just sort of almost indifference. Um, and you are all brought before Zertok and you're kind of standing there in this big hall Um and uh, the Twi'lek walks forward and he uh, says uh, he welcomes uh, the five groups, the five teams. Uh, he welcomes you all to this sort of great uh, Mos Eisley race um, and that, uh, you know, the, the great uh, Lord Zertok is, uh, you know, excited by your presence. He uh, uh, you honor him with his pre with your presence and, and, and all this. He's kind of continuing on these platitudes. Um, and then Zertok interrupts with um, the, Zertok kind of interrupts him as this Twi'lek is going on and just says, Yuskan Buska Bolia, just like thunders <laughs> it out. Uh, but none of you speak Hatis, so you don't actually know what he said. Um uh, and the Twi'lek kind of turns around and you can see he's got like a very kind of scared look on his face. Uh, he seems very, um, very worried that Zertok sort of interrupted him to say something. Uh, 
and he very quickly kind of uh, composes himself, turns back to you and says, yes, yes, okay, on with it. Um, and he begins to go down the line introducing each group of the, the sort of combatants uh, or, or people who are going to take part in the, uh, the race. Um, uh, and he introduces you, your group first, uh, and you are introduced as uh, the esteemed representatives <laughs> of uh -huh. the Rebel Alliance, oh, uh, which immediately leads <laughs> to like this hushed murmuring just washes over everyone else in the room. Uh, some of the other groups kind of turn and immediately just stare daggers through you. <laughs> some people look at you with these sort of very inquisitive, uh, very interested, you know, looks on their face. Um, but you don't know how, but somehow they've figured out who you actually are. Uh, next, uh, he introduces the members of the Karthak group who he introduces as uh, members of the sort of uh, lying, uh, traitorous, uh, you know, untrustworthy, uh, you know, uh, minions of the, you know, decrepit Karthak group. And he sort of, you know, hand waves them away. Uh, they're not really worth his time. Uh, next, he uh, introduces sort of uh, the next group next to you, which is uh, they actually look very much just like a group of hut guards who are just kind of standing around. And it turns out that, in fact, yes, this is a sort of group of esteemed members of Zertox uh, sort of, uh, you know, guard group. These are his champions who are going to take part in this race to sort of gain glory for uh, their, you know, for the honorable and wonderful Lord Zertok. Um Next to them are two uh, very um, weathered looking individuals uh, wearing uh, very uh, um, just sort of utilitarian uh, gear, the type of outfits you would expect that people who spend a lot of time out in the wastes of Tatooine would wear. In fact, they're not actually they're not wearing sort of the attire that you would associate with Tusken Raiders, but it a lot it bears similarity to it aside from the sort of deep red color accents that seem to run through most of what they're wearing um, as if the red itself was their sort of uniform uh, and they are introduced as um, uh, Beaven and Adwin who are uh, two members of the Red Key Company who are entering the race uh, yep and last but not least, there is um, a very, very, very thin. Um, at first, look at her. She looks like she would be sickly thin. You know, it's she, uh, you know, almost skeletal in her frame. Um, but when you look at her face, you can see that her eyes are alight with, you know, uh, a fierceness and an energy that seems to suggest that she's actually in fine health, despite her her, her very frail thin appearance. Um, and she is flanked by um, a rather large, muscular, um, sort of very tan-skinned individual. And then two other uh, people, one man and one woman, um, with lighter skin who are just dressed in sort of guard outfits. Um, and the Twi'lek introduces um, the Seraph gang uh, as the sort of last entrance. Um, and he specifically nods when he introduces their uh, leader, uh, who he introduces only as um, as Sonny. 
Interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hope you're listening to this one, Merc team. <laughs> oh, oh, broke Nancy. Oh, oh, that's not who you think it is. That's not that, that's not Sunny Wind Waker. Come on. <laughs> Another Sunny. Yeah, it's a big galaxy. There's more than one Sonny. <laughs> Just like there's more than one Luke and Han. And probably more than one Lando. Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> only one Lando. Anyway, uh, after he introduces the Seraphs, uh, Sonny sort of turns towards the uh, the rest of the people in this big hall. And she's very she seems very much into the sort of showmanship of this whole spectacle. She takes a big long bow. She kind of takes a big moment to take in the edge, you know, the sort of uh, kind of cheering and sort of hooting and hollering that's going on um, of all the groups. She's the only one who really uh, seems to be embracing this 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 grand moment. Um, uh, Zertok says, uh, you know, says something again, low to the, the Twi'lek and the Twi'lek again, uh, he repeats much of what you read on the Flimsoplast the night before that, you know, esteem, uh, fortune and a grand commission from Zertok himself will follow whoever wins. And again, that there will be, you know, uh, that shame and punishment um, or worse, will will uh, you know uh, will befall the losers. Okay. All right. So after all the usual threats have been completed, mm-hmm. is anybody going to say or do anything? <laughs> I'm not. I, I I worry that saying things will just make it worse. I need more trouble. Yeah, what she said. I might not have a lot of common sense, but I have like just enough to know that this could be a very terrible idea if done wrong. <laughs> okay. How close is the Carthag group to me? Um, a couple feet away. So I, I kind of slide over there and um, I, I, I kind of whisper at them under my breath. You know, this is rigged against you. Remember, we can help you. Uh, Bardwin gives a look to the side uh, and makes eye contact with you for a moment to sort of acknowledge that he's heard you, but he very quickly looks back forward towards the dais and the Twi'lek and doesn't, um, doesn't respond. Okay. Um. Anyone else want to say anything? Last few times I've said something, I've screwed things up, so I'm just gonna stay quiet. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, 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 I'm oh God, a student. No, stop it! I, I feel like I'm a student of piloting lore. I mean, no. Could I make a perception check to see if I recognize this Sunny at all? No. Sure. Okay, so that's a yellow and a green. Am I checking against anything here? Uh, you're going to check against, um, you're going to check against two purple. Okay. A failure and an advantage. Great. Hmm. Uh, you don't recognize her. You don't really recognize the name. However, um, based on their dress, 
based on the name Seraphs, you conclude to the best of your knowledge that they are, in fact, from Corellia. Okay, that's good to know. But that's about it. Corellia. I hate those Corellian show-offs. <laughs> now, now, just because you're from the slums of Narshada. Hey. <laughs> okay, anyone else want to look around, say anything? No. I'm just keeping my eyes open and prepared for things to get very interesting. I'm trying not to barf. <laughs> okay. So, um, what you're standing there and Zertok again repeats this phrase, Yuskonbruaskabolia! Like, again, just sort of yells it out. Um, and he actually reaches out and pushes the Twi'lek. Um, and the Twi'lek, uh, very quickly, as he's almost falling to the ground, just sort of like point gestures to the guards and shoes everyone as if he's pushing everyone out the, uh, you know, out of the room. And the guards instantly grab you guys. They grab the Karthak group. Uh, they don't grab the other three teams, but they they kind of circle around them begin hurting them out very quickly. And they start rushing all of you towards one of the large doors um, to this dance hall room. Uh, it's not the same door you were brought in. You were brought in through this sort of side, side door. Um, you're very quickly whisked out and you suddenly find yourself standing in the middle of Mose Eisley. Oh. The smack dab in the middle of the, um, you know, of the bazaar and of the city. And standing there um, before you, you see four groups of ships you see one group of three swoop bikes you see another group of only two swoop bikes and then you see two of the speeders okay and as all of your groups are pushed towards the door the twi'lek yells out um, by order of the grand lord zertok let the race begin and suddenly everyone takes off towards the four <laughs> groups of ships okay i make a right. beeline towards the groups of speeders and i want to make a quick mechanics check to see if one looks better than the other first <laughs> you all have to roll initiative <laughs> ah ah <laughs> uh, all right what's that uh let's see uh, how do we roll initiative with this uh so your initiative score is actually going to be, I mean, technically you're unprepared, but the, uh, so uh, your initiative is actually going to be, is normally your cool. That is your, your, your cool skill. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's if you're prepared. You guys aren't actually <laughs> prepared. Um, so uh, I'm pulling up Kira's sheet so I can help you get that. Uh, so normally it would be cool. Uh, in this case, it's more of a reaction, which means I believe it is your per. No, it's not your perception. Uh, you know what? Use your use your cool. Yeah, use your cool. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Oh, cool. So roll a cool check for me. Cool. Cool. Okay. 
yellow and green. All right, I have. Oh crap! I forgot what these mean. <laughs> uh, if you hover over them. Uh, all right, I have one success and two advantage. One success, two advantage. Okay. Wow. Okay. I have uh, two success. Brian's two success. Rocky, whenever you're ready. Hmm. One success. One advantage. Two. Two success. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, if you Hold hover on. over the result, it'll uh, tell you, or it'll give you a little tooltip. One success. Two success. One advantage. Okay. <laughs> Alright, now give me a second here while I roll for all these other groups. Okay. Uh that's done. Alright, so um Kira, you actually, Rocky, you get to uh, you actually react pretty well. As soon as you uh, are pushed out the door, you see that there are only sort of four sets of ships, and you quickly do the math in your head. That there's, you know, the five teams, the only four groups of ships, and oh no, somebody's going to get in trouble real fast. And you, so you kind of dart ahead of everyone and are able to react first. So what do you do? Um, you can basically take one actual action which is you know a, a, a doing something of actual substance um and then you could take any number really of small ancillary not really mattering actions like talking to people and things and then of course you can move but what would you like to do in reaction to this all this stuff all right so we're right near a bunch of the others who are running for the ships also right Yep, all the teams at, in this in this very first moment, everyone's kind of you know just out of the door. You're all right around the door together, um, so you're all in uh, very close proximity to one another. All right, I'm going to stick my foot out and trip whoever's not on my team. Okay, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have you make a uh, a brawl check. Uh, righty. And yeah, you're gonna make a brawl check against um, against two purple dice, but I'm gonna let you upgrade one of your dice. So do a yellow and a green die against two purple dice because you're first to act. You have the best reflexes here, and everyone's kind of in close quarters, so you have a bit of a you know an advantage to trying to trip somebody. Okay, uh, question. How do I clear the dice oh, from previous yes. rolls? So for this roller, whenever you highlight the dice, if you mm -hmm. click the dice you had previously highlighted, um, it should start to remove them from the dice pool. Aha. Uh -huh. All so, right, you said one yellow, one green, two purple. And that's it. Huh. Uh, looks like one success and one threat. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was an evil laugh. <laughs> Come on, it's really Who'd funny when good things happen with bad consequences. <laughs> Who 
did I trip? Sunny uh, Walker. Myself. Not Sunny Walker. It's a coincidence that her name also happens to be Sunny. Trust me, when Sunny Windwalker shows up, it's going to be an event. <laughs> nice. If Sunny Windwalker shows up. Um, so you, uh, stick out your foot and you actually trip one of the hut thugs <laughs> that, uh, one of the Zertox, you know, three sort of champions. Um, and he goes flying forward, uh, his momentum carrying him straight to the ground. Um, he bounces his head off the ground and he looks really dazed. He's kind of grabbing his head. Um, he's not even trying to get up at the moment. He's really kind of lost his, uh, his, uh, really kind of lost his bearings but uh in reaction to that the other two huts uh hut sort of gangsters actually both reach out and uh try to grab you and they both kind of have their hands like on your shoulders and stuff and are trying to get a firm grasp on you as you're trying to sort of squirm away but you are now more or less restrained by these two uh as everyone else is starting to run forward oh uh Next up, you guys watch as the two uh, members of the Red Key Company uh, rush forward and grab one of the uh, they grab. I'm actually going to roll for this. I was going to just choose, but this is more fun. <laughs> uh, 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 this one. Okay. Please tell me that the flying hut squished someone. <laughs> Uh, he's not, they're not actually huts. They're just hut thugs or hut gangsters. Oh, um, <laughs> cause human. the image of a flying hut was really entertaining. Oh, sorry. Uh, they end up grabbing one of the two speeders. So one of the two, two seat speeders, they both jump into it and they fire off through the, the market, like into the market. Uh, and they're gone or they're, they're headed out. They're sort of making their way through, uh, Mos Eisley. Um, there are now, there's now a set of three swoop bikes, a set of two swoop bikes and one of the big speeders left. Um, and it is Ryan's turn. Okay. Um, oh, I, I, I want to help Rocky, but we got to get that speeder. Get the speeder and then come back for me. Yeah, there we go. I beeline towards the speeder um okay yeah I, I i just book it try to get out in front of everyone else to get there okay duke um so you're able to get up to the speeder um with before anyone else has gotten up there um you you know uh rush forward and are able to to make it up there um what do you do when you get to the speeder i hop in and reach for the ignition and fire it up. Okay. So you jump into the speeder and you go to sort of ignite it and get it going. So at this point, Brian, you are going to want that um, starship sheet that I had given you guys earlier. Um, so jumping into it is an actual action. Uh, your speeder has a max speed of four. Just keep that in mind. Okay. Um, are you trying to just sort of accelerate to get it going or do you want to try to like actually like punch this thing and have it like start moving? Um, like, do you want to put it in drive or you want to go like zero to 60? I want to put it in drive and I want to aim back at the two thugs holding Kira. 
Okay. So you uh, turn it on and sort of the, you know, the speeder, which is just kind of sitting there listlessly, like, you know, the, you know, magnetizers engage a bit more and it like, you know, stabilizes itself up, uh, you know, just slightly off the ground and you spin it and face it back towards the group that is rushing towards you. Um, just in time to see uh, Bardwin and Silas from the Karthak group sort of adjust their trajectory and turn right and dive at two, uh, the two people or dive at the man and the woman who are accompanying um, uh, Sonny and the Seraph group. And the two of them just sort of tackle the two uh, others and they just start pounding on them and beating on them. And these two, these four people are now rolling around the sands of the bazaar, just sort of punching and like elbowing each other. And, and they're just brawling uh, on the ground. Meanwhile, uh, Pritha is still rushing towards uh, the speeder bikes and the speeder. Um, but the other two have sort of uh, um, have, uh, you know, have, have veered off. Uh, meanwhile, Sonny, and the larger sort of tanned guy who's sticking close to her are also continuing to make a beeline for uh, the speeders. Nancy, your turn. Um, I so there's another speeder left. So there's the speeder that Brian is in. OK. And then there are two swoop bikes sitting together and then there are three swoop bikes. So there's five swoop bikes in, in all sitting together. And then that second speeder was taken by the Red Key Group uh, company who have already sort of started to make their way through the bazaar. They have an early lead on everybody. Okay. So should I go on with Well, you can Lane? try and get you can try and get or your Or should I get my own bike? You can try and get your own bike. I guess you could hop in with me or try and get uh, Kira freed. Um, I think I'm going to try to hop on with Brian so he has a spotter, navigator person with him. Okay. Um, so you are able to jump into the speeder with him. Okay. Uh, and you are now, the two of you both in the speeder, um, you can see that uh, Sonny and... Uh, you can see that Sonny and the other, the larger guy, look like they're going to probably reach the uh, the swoop bikes in a moment. So it looks like they're going to grab two of them. Uh, Pritha is running. She looks like she's going to grab one. Um, so it looks like there's only going to be two swoop bikes left. And Kira is stuck back with uh, the hut group as well as the other members of Karthak who are, you know, just brawling it out with uh, the Seraphs. Um, back near the door. Um, meanwhile, people who were sitting inside the dance hall have started to um, spill out into the streets. They're sort of forming a, you know, ring around the people who are brawling and they're all just watching the proceedings. No one is stepping in to help. Uh, no one seems to be interfering in any way um, with what's going on uh, in the race. <sighs> So is that your turn? Um, yes, I think so. Um, so Sunny and her sort of guard guy uh, do in fact reach the two bikes and they kick 
the they turn the swoops, uh, you know, in the direction that the Red Key Company went, and they fire them up and dart off um, in a cloud of dust. Um, Pritha also reaches one of the swoop bikes, and she goes uh, flying off. She has a little bit of trouble getting her started, so she doesn't take off quite as fast. Um, but she, as soon as she gets the bike kind of going, she's off in hot pursuit of the Seraphs and the Red Key Company. Um, and we are back to the top now. Kira, you are being restrained by these two huts. Um, there's yep. a couple of swoops left, um, but there are a lot of people who are vying for them, and you are momentarily kind of alone away from the rest of your team. Yeah, I need to get free. That's kind of the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like these are actual huts holding me down. Thugs or just their thugs. no hut thugs. So they're not Gamorians, but you know they're just think Lando's outfit in Jabba's palace. They're just cool. dudes. And, you know, so. Um, hmm. Can I make some sort of agility or something check to just like wiggle out of them? Uh, let's see here. You can. Am I wearing a jacket or something like that? Like a jacket, like a light jacket. You are wearing whatever it is you've been wearing since the start of uh, our well, that game would, here. That would seem kind of logical. Cause... So you are wearing a, a slightly armored jacket. So it's the only bit of actual armor that you have oh. is this sort of jacket. Um, you're hmm. wearing, you know, a basic sort of, you know, travel clothing underneath it. Um, but yes, you are wearing a jacket. Excellent. Well, this is going to sound really cartoony, but I'm going to just try to wiggle out of the jacket and leave them holding that <laughs> and run like hell. <laughs> I love that Very so smart. much. Yeah. Uh, sure. So then uh, let's have you make a. Uh, let's have you make a uh, athletics check. Oh, and... great. Yes. Let's have you make an athletics check, which will be. Uh, two green dice versus uh, just one purple die because you're not really trying to oppose their strength so much as you are just trying to um, kind of wiggle out of your own jacket. <laughs> All right, let's see how this goes. Hmm. So uh, a failure and an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Either I can't read or I'm getting some really hilarious rolls tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. So you go to wiggle your way out of the jacket. Um, but instead, what happens is you end up kind of getting yourself a little twisted. Uh, <laughs> and your arms are now crossed in front of you, which like and like half out of the jacket a little bit, which just kind of you've almost turned it into a straight jacket for yourself. Like it's actually made things a ton work. worse. <laughs> Um, but in doing so, you actually like, you know, force the two gangsters who are trying to hold on to you. Like you like swing them both around as you're thrashing, to get out of this jacket. And one of them trips over and falls and, you know, uh, falls over his compatriot who's still sort of on the ground, just really trying to just now collecting himself. Um, so you, uh, now only have one gangster who's holding on to you, but you are now kind of tied up in your own. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Do I get a prize for doing something utterly ridiculous? 
take it up with Percival. You're not dead yet. Um, so the red key who have, have moved on. Uh, there's now fewer people obviously hanging around. Uh, Brian, you uh, get to go next. Okay, I want to see if I can just kind of goose the throttle and intimidate or coerce that other thug into letting go of Dia, just to make it look like I'm about to drive right into him. Uh, you want to... Okay. Um, in order to do that, you are going to have to make a piloting check. This would be so, planetary, right? Yes, planetary piloting check. So yellow, yellow, green. You're going to make a planetary piloting check against a single purple battle. Okay, yellow, yellow, green, purple. A success and three advantage. Okay, uh, so you uh, expertly, you know, uh, engage the throttle on the speeder and make it look like you're about to, like, uh, slam the speeder forward and, like, run both this gangster and Kira over. Um, but, uh, you know, as the speeder is just about to, like, fire forward, you then sort of pull the throttle back and it just sort of, uh, you know, it it imitates as if you were sort of revving uh, the speeder which you really can't do but you know enough tricks to kind of make it look like you're doing that um and that causes the uh the gangster to sort of flinch and drop down to the ground and like cover himself as if he was bracing for an impact which means that he lets go of kira um Yay. who is still twisted up in her jacket <laughs> well we still have that problem but <laughs> whatever uh, let's see. And that is going to have counted as your action. Um, so you can make a maneuver if you would like, because you can basically take an action. You could take a maneuver or two if you want to spend some strain. And then uh, that's it when you're piloting or doing something on a ship. Okay. Um, so what's the uh, situation with the other speeder bikes right now? Uh, there are still two swoop bikes that are unclaimed, uh, and there are, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five. There are six other people aside from Kira who are kind of fighting or trying to pick themselves off the ground who would be vying for those. Can I bikes. can I try to um... grab Kira and then we'll. Right, then we'll save me head from towards the speeder bikes and then throw Kira <laughs> off to grab a speeder bike. Yes. Um, no, because <laughs> the speeder is not close enough to Kira. Okay. Can you I are try still kind of across the market? Can from I where she try to is. cut off the people who are also going for the speeder? Like either um, either dart either like fly in front of them to cut them off and let Kira get there or just mow them down? Uh, well, you are not flying the speeder. Oh, okay. Can I get... So, you are not piloting Oh, right, right. I'm on Brian's speeder. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, you are not piloting the speeder. That's right. So does our you... speeder have weapons? Uh, your speeder does not have weapons. Damn it. 
However, if you would like to search the speeder, you can search the speeder. I would like to search the speeder. Okay. Uh, you should then make a... Oh, uh, well, this slightly out of game for a moment. Vigilance is actually the skill you use when you are unprepared at making an initiative check. Who cares? We're going to move on. Um, <laughs> we'll remember that for next time. Blah, 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 the more know. you know. Uh, yeah. Um, so make a perception check for me. Um, okay. Uh, perception, one yellow, one green. And do that against two purple, please. Okay. One yellow. Wait, what the hell? Stop it. One yellow. Yeah, you, uh, make sure you're clicking from the yeah. leftmost side of each row, or otherwise you'll click like yeah, I click nine them of all. the yeah. Okay, so I do one, that a lot. So one yellow, one green, and two purple. Okay, let's see what we got. Uh, one success and one threat. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Those are such interesting rolls. Yeah. We're really some, getting some, weird rolls Something tonight. like that. Okay. Um, so you kind of look down kind of below you, you kind of put your hands under like the seat, you're sort of reaching around, looking around, just looking to see if there's anything in the speeder. Um, you actually find a small, uh, blaster pistol, which has been sort of hidden under the, uh, forward console of the speeder and you pull it out from there. However, when you do, you also pull out a wire <laughs> that causes the speeder. You also like pull out part of the console, which actually causes the speeder to lilt a little bit so that the right side, the side that you are sitting on, not the side that Brian is on, is actually now dipping slightly and is like closer to the ground, uh, is like half again. as close as to the ground as the other side is. Um, and Brian, you can actually feel the sort of controls are, uh, slipping slightly as the, um, speeder is trying to compensate for this, for whatever has happened. Um, but you now have a blaster. Okay. Uh, do, do you still have an action? Um, yeah. What can I do now? Am I, um, can I, you could you could do something semi trivial. You can't shoot somebody. Okay. okay. Um, can I try to fix the speeder? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can make a mechanics check. Okay, I'll do that. Let's see. What's my mechanics? Two green dice. All right, two green dice against three purple dice. Three, three. Oh, Tom. Right. Are you are you trained in mechanics? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> do you have a check mark next to mechanics? I, I do not. Then that's why it's three. All right. <laughs> okay. <sighs> One threat. <laughs> I, I messed up the the bike even more. <laughs> Uh, so you're like, I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. Reach down, and you uh, you end up like the wire. You end up like touching it against the side of the console, and the entire right side of the speeder just goes boom and slams to the ground. And the speeder's still on and functioning and stuff, but you, whatever you've done to like the dampener on the right side has completely caused that side of the speeder to fall and smack into the ground. Oops! Um, you stop touching things. <laughs> I can't take you guys anywhere. I can fix this. I can fix this. 
Whoa, this uh, thing really moves. Yep. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, uh, the uh, two members of the Seraphs who are fighting with um, Silas and Bardwin, like that brawl is still going on, and Bardwin and one of the other Seraphs had actually kind of pulled themselves free and from the sound of the speeder slamming to the ground, both of them, their eyes are sort of drawn over there and they both kind of realize that there are only two swoop bikes left. Uh, and they both get up and start making a beeline for the final two swoop bikes. Okay. I'm not going to do anything anymore because I'm, I'm ruining the bike. Brian, Brian. Y'all are making me look super competent today. <laughs> so, well, uh, we'll get to it yeah. then. Totally. You're super competent. So the one, uh, the hut gangster who had uh, gotten tripped is now kind of on his knees. He like really looks like he hit his head, like really disoriented himself. He's still slow to get up. Um, the other one who fell over is actually trying to help him a little bit, uh, trying to get him, you know, back to his wits. The one who had kind of cowered and let go of Kira uh, now stands up, realizes that whatever you guys were going to be doing with the speeder, you weren't, and starts to run straight towards the speeder. He's making a beeline for the two of you and the speeder. Uh, and Rocky, we are back to Kira. Ooh, okay. And I am like free and able to do stuff. Well, you still have yourself tied up in the jacket, but you're no longer uh you're no longer being restrained or held by anyone. So um freeing yourself from the jacket you can do more or less for free because nobody is trying to prevent you from doing that. But what I'm gonna say is that that's gonna inhibit what actions you can take because you kinda have to ah. use up some of your turn to free yourself. You also don't have to lose the jacket, which is good. Um, so you could free yourself, you know, you can get yourself untangled. Um, and what else would you like to do aside from that? Um, hmm. And there are guys running at those other bikes. Yep. Two people running for the swoops and one person running directly for the speeder. Am I close enough to try tripping one of them? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, you would have to chase them down and tackle one of them. I, I, I'm kind of in the speeder waving uh, Dia oh, over, you are? or uh, Kira over. Okay, in that case, I'm going to run for the speeder and get on the speeder. That's probably smarter. Uh, just try <laughs> and just get purchased somewhere. Okay, so you're going to run towards the speeder. Okay, yes. uh, you're not going to be able to make it there uh, at the moment because, again, it took you a little time to get yourself situated, but <laughs> you are, you know, on your way close to, to the speeder. Uh, okay, those people are now there. Those people are now there. Okay, uh, Brian, you are up. Okay, I reach over and under the console that uh, Dia has nearly blown up and make a mechanics check to try and fix all of this. Good luck. Yep. Do you, sir, have a check mark in mechanics? I believe I do. Hang on one second. Yes, I do. Awesome. So you may make your mechanics check against two, uh, against two purple dice. Okay, one yellow, one green against two purple. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I have an advantage. That's it. Okay. Um, so you are at least able to get the wire reattached to where it was in the console without like touching anything else or sort of causing a short. Um, and the speeder lifts itself off of the ground. It's still lilting a bit. Um, and when you put your hand back onto the controls, you can tell that there's a little bit of, um, you could tell that the, uh, the speeder is still kind of, um, like listing that way, the controls are still trying to pull you a little bit to the right, but it's at least right at itself that you could take off as is and fix it later or whatever. Um, so you 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 feel like you've put the ship back into at least uh, usable uh, 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 situation. Okay. Uh, any other actions or moves I can make, or is uh, that it for me? What else would you like to do? Um, uh, I'm going to say that was your action. So this is, you know, you could you could make a maneuver um, okay. or you could get out of the ship if you really wanted to. Uh, I would just like to angle the. Uh, angle the speeder in such a way to kind of bisect the people running towards the swoop bikes and the swoop bikes themselves. Um, OK. Uh, so you are able to, you kind of do that. You try to position the ship, the speeder between the swoops and the trajectory that they're running. Okay. And I uh -huh. think that does it for me. Um, can I shoot at them now? Yes, Nancy, you can shoot at them. I'm going to shoot at them now. Who, who are you shooting okay. at? The people running for the swoop bikes. Well, what about the so, person chasing Kira? Okay, I'll chase, shoot that person. Can I shoot that person? <laughs> yes, you, can, you could shoot many people. Um, so this is uh, ranged light. Uh, so ranged light. Okay. And let's see. Looking at, uh, two, two green, one yellow. Uh, let's see. They're at... They are at medium distance. However, uh, both Kira and this individual are close to each other. So uh, I'm going to spend the the single GM's destiny point and uh, upgrade one of the purple dice in your medium difficulty to red. Ooh. So your dice, your opposing <laughs> dice pool is one purple and one red. But uh, talk amongst yourselves for 15 seconds while I grab myself a, a glass of water. And then we will make the roll. Oh, so. this could be interesting. Yeah. Um, could we use our destiny points? To upgrade one of yours? Yeah. Well, we could, but what are we up against? That's true. What's your, what's your roll right now? One yellow, two green... One red and one purple. So yellow, two green, purple, red. Yeah. That's a scary. Yeah. That's a scary pool. Especially with the way our roles have been tonight, something extremely interesting could happen. Yeah. But what is, what is the damage if I if I fail? Well, you could hit Kira. <laughs> She'll be fine. Let's 
Well, I have done enough stupid things that I feel like at least someone would say I have it coming, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, I am back. Okay, so are I you going to upgrade one of yours or not? I don't know. Um, no, I'm going to save it. You're, you're going to roll with that? Yeah. Okay. And try not to die. Try not to kill you. <laughs> oh, right. All right. That. Let's see. Two successes and an advantage. Oh! Whoa. Yeah. All right. Good work. Yay. Um, so you are able to fire off a shot uh, and you expertly uh, hit the uh, gangster right in the shoulder um, and you sear a hole right through his shoulder with a blaster as you did not have it on the stun setting. <laughs> um, and he grabs at his shoulder and just collapses to the ground, writhing in pain and agony and screaming. Oh, no, I feel bad. Stuff. Um, and so Kira is now sort of running free uh, towards the uh, speeder. Okay. Uh, however, despite your attempt to put the uh, speeder between the swoop bikes and everyone else, both Bardwin and uh, the uh, the member of the Seraphs who are running for the swoop bikes are able to basically run around the speeder, um, like crashing through bits of the marketplace, and they get to the two swoop bikes. Uh, and kick them off and start to make their way through the market. They've taken the last two swoops, so there's now only your speeder uh, with Kira running towards it. The remaining two huts, uh, hut uh, thugs reacting to the blaster shot going off um, have stood up and are both slowly making their way towards the speeder um, and sort of calling out expletives at you. Um Silas and the other Seraph gangster are actually still fighting. Both of them look exhausted. They're kind of bloodied up and bruised. They seem to have completely given up any semblance of trying to get to the speeder or anything like that. They're just engaged in a pretty vicious brawl between the two of them. Um, and in fact, there's a large group of onlookers who are starting to really kind of circle around them and close them off um, as they're just it looks like they're just going to have, you know, fight each other to till at least one of the others can't fight anymore. Um, well, good. That'll keep them busy for a while. Okay. Um, so we kind of come all the way back around, and Kira, you are up. Alrighty. Well, I need to get on that speeder. <laughs> you do need to get on that speeder. You can very easily now reach the speeder. Um, Excellent. There is no actual seat for you. Um, so basically I hold on, um, I'm untangled from my jacket, right? Yes, you are. Well, can I use the arms of my jacket to tie myself a little more securely into the speeder? Sure. Uh, looking at the picture of the speeder, what part of the speeder do you want to lash yourself to? Ooh. Hmm. Like, oh, I'm 
Maybe behind the, the cockpit and uh, around. Like not, not obviously not on quite on the engines, but like right behind like the cockpit and seats for like close enough to where people would normally sit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're like going to say that you're, you're right behind the, uh, the two seats, but in front of that middle, uh, that middle turbine engine. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, so I am going to need you to make a, Uh-oh. Hmm. I'm going to let you use the, uh, from, I'm going to give you three skills. You can choose the skill that you have the, you know, sort of best dice pool in, uh, between coordination Coordination, survival, and yeah, I actually just coordination and survival. Hmm. Well, coordination has a nice little check mark as well as three green dice next to it. So, three green. And what else? Uh, two purple. Three green, two purple. Let's see how this goes. A failure and an advantage? <laughs> <laughs> so you what fail. What these dice on? But you did good at it. <laughs> I'm okay. really good at uh, before I answer that question, or before I explain what happened there, uh, Brian, when she gets onto the uh, speeder, do you start to move? This is me, so yes. Okay. Oh, dear. Uh, what speed between zero and four do you set the engine at? I'd set it to four. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) So you are punching it, which is when you accelerate to the maximum speed uh, of the ship from, you know, from any other speed. Um, And since you are accelerating from zero, uh, the ship itself is going to suffer three strain because you are essentially going from cold you're going from zero to 60 literally zero to 60 not like in 6.5 five seconds oops uh, yes which means how hard is it for me to hold on now okay so the land speeder itself has a threshold of five strain and you have put three on it oh. it suffers <laughs> Five before you're able to recover any of the strain or, or allow some of it to calm down, you will essentially cause the speeder to suffer a problem of one kind or another. Um, so as soon, Kira, as you kind of jump onto the you know back hood portion of the speeder, um, what happens 
is that Lane just punches it. He, you know, turns the speeder in the direction that the Red Key Company and others have gone and just fires away. And the, you know, the speeder goes firing off into the, uh, you know, through the market. You are in the process of tying your jacket, you know, lashing yourself to the speeder. The force of you guys sort of suddenly jerking forward without really any warning causes part of your jacket to get sucked into one of the exhaust (laughs) engines on the back of the speeder. However, it accomplishes the goal of lashing you to the speeder. It's just that the jacket is now caught in part of the back (laughs) repulsor engine and you are holding on to the ship only by its back turbine engine, which has caught part of your jacket. And you are team rockets blasting off again. You are trying to stabilize yourself and like stay flat and stay on the speeder as it goes zooming through the market as uh, Lane, you are trying to avoid Jawas and Ethorians and a whole host of other <laughs> aliens and humanoid species as you are darting through does, the narrow streets of Poe's Eisley. Does one of the Jawas yell out, Utini? All of the Jawas yell out, Utini. Uh, it's, it's, it's that kind of moment. Um, except you don't know where you're going uh, because you don't have a map of Mos Eisley itself, and you no longer have the actual map of um, you know Tatooine with the markings, so you have just sort of headed down one of the um, one of the sort of streets of Mos Eisley, one of the main throughways. Um, and Nancy, <laughs> you are quickly realizing that the throughway is starting to narrow. Oh, great. Um, are any of the other like race participants within view or hearing distance? Can we Uh, figure out where they went? Uh, let's see. You can make a. You can make a vigilance perception or, uh, astrogation check okay um astrogation i have a yellow a green and i don't know what the other symbol is like a square uh let me pull up your sheet hold on one second curious open so that means that you have it just means that you have a skill associated with astrogation so let me go going to one of your skills. <laughs> oh, uh, what this means is that you are uh, able to make um, astrogation checks uh, generally a little bit faster uh, mm-hmm. than other people would be. Uh, in addition to that, you uh, are also able to remove uh a difficulty die from it oh uh sounds like a good check to make then yeah that's useful yeah i'll do that one astrogation okay so that's uh so you're gonna make uh your check versus only two purple dice okay so i have one yellow one green 
and two purple. Yep. Correct? Okay. Very good. <laughs> two successes and one threat. Okay. We should be used to this by now. Yep. We should. Our rolls have just been all sorts of funky tonight. Uh, so you uh, kind of look around. Um, you don't see or hear any of the combatants or the racers. Um, but you look around and you kind of take stock of the general shape of the throughway that you're on and the offshoots. And you're trying to do a calculation of like which one you should take, like which one's going to point you out towards the outskirts of the city and point you towards beggars Canyon. Um, you're not, you don't really have a whole lot to go on. So you are able to sort of, uh, narrow it down to two of them. Uh, there's one that leads directly off to your left coming up in, you know, just a, 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 you know, a few dozen meters and coming up fast since you're moving so quickly. Uh, and another one that heads off to the right uh, in about the same amount of distance. Uh, the one to the right looks like it has more, um, you know, it looks more populated at the moment. Uh, the one to the left looks a little bit emptier. But beyond that, you aren't able to discern which one of these two is actually the right direction. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go left. Okay. So you indicate to uh, Brian, uh, you know, to Lane, that we should, that you guys should head left. Um, and Rocky, it's actually your turn at the moment. You might want to spend right. one of those, uh, death or those, uh, destiny pool points right now. Yeah. To yeah. stop having terrible rolls. Um, Okay, so if I have an idea for what I want to do with a destiny point, can I talk it out or type it out or what? Talk it out. Alrighty, so I reach into the pocket of my jacket and I realize I have a roll of whatever the Star Wars equivalent of duct tape is. And I duct tape myself a little more securely to the speeder so that I'm not stuck vaguely in the engine, reclaim my jacket, and we can go on with winning this race. Or is that a really, really silly little use for a destiny point? That is not a silly use for a destiny Excellent. point. <laughs> I have duct tape then. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you reach into the jacket pocket that you were going to discard just a few minutes ago. Uh, and you find this uh, kind of binder's tape. Uh, the kind that you would use to help uh, bind like leaks on fuel lines or, uh, you know, other sort of, uh, sort of sundry um, uh, patches that you might do. And you kind of rip off chunks of it as the speeder is flying through the market and you just start lashing any free part of your body that you can kind of get this tape onto to the speeder. So you like lash the like your pant legs like to the back of the uh, cockpit hood, you kind of lash, you know, use a big, a couple of big pieces to like lash down the arm that's currently sort of tangled up with the uh, jacket. Um, and you kind of use as much as you can now with only sort of one arm free 
to uh, lash yourself down. You're not moving around quite as much as the uh, speeder jerks and everything. But um, so for the moment, you feel like you're, you know, you're a bit more secure there on the back of the speeder. Yay. So good job. Um, is there anything else you would like to do? Um, not really. I mean, just hang on for dear life and hope we make it into Beggar's Canyon before before anything else happens. <laughs> okay. Lane, you are up, sir. Okay, so Dia has indicated I should turn left. She's indicated you should turn left. You are going full speed at the moment. Um, okay. And yes, would have to... Uh, you know, make some, you know, would actually have to fly and or move the ship at this speed uh, in order to turn. Okay, so I can't chop throttle and then turn. Uh, you can. You could make a piloting check to try and cut the engine significantly while you can so actually correct sorry i will correct myself you can downshift if you want and try to make the turn at the same time you yourself will have to suffer a bit of personal strain in order to accomplish okay in order to just be able to make those checks okay let's see here I do have high G training. Will that prevent uh, any of the strain here? Actually, that very well probably will. Um, that may actually help you out just a bit, unless it says it's specifically only for in-space flying. Uh, well, let's just take a peek here. High G training. When a starship or vehicle being piloted would suffer system strain, you may suffer strain up to ranks in high G training to prevent an equal amount. Ah, so what high G training means is that when a ship is going to suffer system strain in the same way that the speeder itself suffered system strain when you threw it into full throttle. Um, you can actually, because you have two ranks in it, choose to suffer two personal strain to prevent up to two systems. Ah, gotcha. So that actually wouldn't really... Uh, gotcha. I should have used that the last turn to prevent the system strain on this. But if you need to prevent future system strain, that's Bill. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm going to go ahead and take that strain. I'm going to make that. Uh, I'm going to make that piloting check. Okay. Uh, so you have a strain threshold of 15. So you take um, one strain to do this extra maneuver. Um, you're, you know, not anywhere near having a problem with that. Uh, your piloting check is going to be um, two yellow and a green to. Uh, it's actually going to be, I think, three purple dice. Okay. Here goes nothing. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually only going to be two purple. Okay. Uh, success and two advantage. Okay. So oh, no. you rather expertly uh, just you know, kick the throttle a little bit down. Um, 
What are you going to decelerate to? What speed? From four down to what? Uh, let's cut it down to two. Okay, so you cut from four down to two, and then you are you expertly sort of wheel around, and uh, you know, the ship uh, perfectly you know slides or you know and drags around to the left, and then fires down this uh, new alleyway. Um, as you are indeed, it appears after only uh, you know a few dozen meters, you are appearing to be headed towards the outskirts of the city. In fact, you can see one of the swoop bikes, uh, though you can't see who's piling it, uh, probably about two dozen meters ahead of you, uh, weaving its way through the market uh, and headed in the same direction you are as the city of Mos Eisley begins to become slightly more sparse. You've uh, slid out of the Grand Bazaar and the sort of very heavily trafficked area of the city um, you've moved uh, in the opposite direction from the spaceport and the hangar, which would obviously be heavily trafficked, and you're moving towards the outskirts, but you still have a ways to go before you actually get to the edge of the city. Okay, I think that was a successful turn for me. <laughs> hey, nothing further broke or exploded. Yes. So, what we are going to do now that you are all three on this ship together is that while we are going to remove you guys from acting in initiative and you guys are going to simply act as you need to or want to act and you can coordinate your actions so that if, you know, Nancy, you need to do something before Brian does or, or Rocky, you need to act like you guys can still coordinate that stuff. But because you're not really in an initiative sh situation anymore, I am going to remove you from initiative, at oh. least for the moment. Okay, um, is there anything we can do to address the strain on the ship right now? Um. Are you asking me or are we asking? <laughs> yeah, who are you asking? Uh, so uh, is, uh, how can you remove a strain from a vehicle? You can take an action called damage control. Okay. Um, uh, which, depending on uh, what the threshold is and all that stuff, you can uh, you can remove uh, system stress and strain, um, or you can you know make additional repairs to the ship if needed. Okay. Um, actually, I should look over this chart here. Um, uh, any other thoughts of things we want to do, team, uh, other than mitigate the strain on the speeder right now? Um, other than just like hold on tight and hope to win this race? And hope the speeder survives, too. That would be nice. You, you definitely still have a long ways to go before the uh, race is over. You haven't even made it out of uh, Mos Eisley yet. Yeah, we need we need to make sure the speeder is going to get through in one piece. Okay, let's see. So, yeah, let's do some damage control here. Um... Brian, you are flying the ship. 
So it's going to have should to be... you attempt to do damage control, you will literally let go of the wheel. I'll do damage control. Yes, so don't control. do that. Uh, Nancy, you should do damage control I'll, then. I'll do damage control. Okay. Uh, so Nancy is going to conduct a little damage control. Um, Rocky, while she's going to be doing damage control, what are you going to do? Um, anything I can help with damage control wise? I have uh, just found this wonderful roll of space duct tape. <laughs> uh, well, the ship, the speeder is still not operating at peak efficiency. Uh, Brian was sort of able to patch it, but it's still, you know, a little loose and uh, still kind of lilting a little bit. Alrighty. So in addition to fixing system strain, the speeder itself could still be uh, fixed. So can you reach any of the components from where you are? Hmm. I know we're uh, I know we're listing on the right side. Yeah. Um I'm not entirely sure like what can I reach cuz I'm pretty near I'm pretty near the exhaust stuff and the repulsor field generator. Is that kind of near where I am? Yeah, so you are yeah, yeah you're near the middle turbine. Uh, and yes, you're near the repulsor, uh, field generator. Um, you're nearer to the back of the ship. You could attempt to move yourself closer to the front and the console to try to fix some of that stuff. Um, but, uh, you would have to actually like slide yourself around the ship while it's moving in order to do that. Yes, and knowing my luck, I will probably fall off the ship if I do that, so I'm not going to do that. Um, from where I am, like, what can I reach that's... Could you that's make a too- perception so, check to see uh, if there's anything you can repair from your vantage point there? Ooh, that is a good idea. You can totally do that. All right, a check mark on perception and a yellow and two green. So... Uh, two, it's just a standard... It's very much a standard uh, check here. So just two purple. Wait, two purple? Yep. Wow. (laughs) Two purple. Yeah, two purple and then all of, you know, your your yellow and greens and, and whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I was going. Wait, it can't just be two purple, right? No, no, no. two purple is <laughs> two purple is the is the difficulty side of your dice pool. So your skill. Yeah, I was going. The... Wait, wait a minute. It can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> All right, so two successes. Excellent. But nothing stupid. <laughs> two successes. Okay. Uh, so you uh stick your head basically over the side of the uh, speeder uh, and you kind of look around near the um, turbine, uh, the middle turbine engine. You um, take expert care not to actually put your head into uh, the repulsor field <laughs> generator housing uh, or, or any of that uh, like or to that get too close to, that. yeah, or to get too close to the exhaust. Um, and you look around and you actually notice um, you actually notice a uh, 
like small external device that looks like it has definitely been retrofitted to this speeder um, that huh. is not part of the original build is not native to the speeder. It's definitely, you know, something that was put there afterwards. Um, and it appears to you to be some sort of compressor, uh, energy compressor or dampener. Bypass um, the compressor. Bypass the compressor. <laughs> and you remember from reading the uh, you you remember from reading the um, the sort of missive that you got the night before. The bottom of that listed a whole bunch of things and restrictions that they had put on, like the altitude of the uh, um the altitude of the, you know, the race and a whole bunch of other restrictions. Um, ah. And that kind of jogs into your mind when you see this thing, which looks like it's a compressor of some sort um, based on initial view. So if we were to get rid of that little thing, suddenly we would have far fewer restrictions and it would make it easier to win. Yes, but we might um, get disqualified. But did they actually say no cheating? I'm pretty sure they said no cheating. I, re I, I recall a tampering thing there that we're not supposed to mess with any of the inhibitors. Well, what if when we hit the ground, because we were bouncing around there, clearly we must have accidentally hit the inhibitor or something like that. I like how you think. <laughs> Quick, let's accidentally hit the inhibitor a little bit harder. <laughs> All right, so we want to tamper with that thing somehow. Okay. Um, so before you go about doing that, Nancy, let's come back to you and have you make um, the uh, have you make the damage control uh, check that you were going to make. Okay. What is the rule for that? Uh, strain or trauma is less than equation. Uh, it's going to be um two purple dice is going to be the opposition against your mechanics check. Okay. So, two green. Right. So, two green, two purple. I'm gonna roll. That doesn't look good. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, one failure and one threat. <laughs> Uh, That's a terrible roll. And then we all exploded. <laughs> one failure well, and one threat? Yeah. Well, it was nice knowing y'all. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you know, attempt to kind of take some of the stress off the system and, uh, you know, alleviate uh, some of the system, which are starting to, you know, they're not overloading, but they're definitely sort of running hotter than they should. Um, and so you kind of open up the side console and you're just trying to adjust some of the power levels and redistribute things a bit. Um, but you accidentally, um, you accidentally sort of 
adjust things in properly and you uh, hear this sort of bang from underneath the speeder. <laughs> the speeder lurches for a second, but keeps going. But you can definitely tell that you actually made things worse. I'm just not so you, doing well with the speeder today. <laughs> you added no. an extra, you've added more strain to the speeder. So um, we're at four out of five available now. That is correct. I'm not going to do anything else. Uh, so you guys are still sort of firing ahead. You can now tell you've started to gain a little bit on one of the swoops, which is having to be a little more nimble and darting in and out of things. Uh, and you could tell that it is the swoop bike of, um, the other, uh, one of the other Seraph, uh, gang members, the one who, uh, got up and, and, uh, ran after the final two swoops with, along with Bardwin. Um, and she, uh, you could tell she, she seems pretty comfortable on the swoop, but she's still, I guess, trying to get it completely, you know, completely up to the exact speed she wants and everything because she's weaving a little bit. Um, she's not exactly, uh, not exactly steady with it. Um, and she seems to be sort of fiddling with it quite a bit, which is why you're probably able to gain on her since swoop bikes generally have a higher top speed than these, uh, land speeders do. So she's I'm now done. closer with inside of you. Guys. I'm done with doing things. <laughs> so did it say anywhere in the rules that we weren't allowed to knock the other contestants off their speeder or swoops, whatever? There was nothing in anything that you read or were told that had that made any remark about um, how you had to act towards the other members of the race. Excellent. Um can I, do I still have the blaster? You do still have the Can blaster. Can I shoot at them? <laughs> Since mechanics isn't working well for me now, I might as well shoot at people. Um, yes. You can <laughs> always shoot at people when you have a blaster. So you're, you're gonna, you're gonna shoot her? Yeah. Is that light ranged? Uh, yep. So it's light ranged again. Um, however... Look at the distance here. What are you aiming at? Um, I don't know. Uh, go for center <laughs> mass on the speeder. Center of mass on the speeder. Whatever part that is. Okay. So that's going to be a medium, uh, a medium difficulty. So just two purple dice. You know, the speeder is obviously kind of a bigger target than she is. Mm-hmm. So a little bit easier to hit. Okay. Um. Hmm. Two advantages. <laughs> You're getting a lot of advantages and threats without anything else corresponding tonight. Right. That makes the skill checks uh, all the more interesting. Hmm. 
Oh, yes. You are holding this blaster. <laughs> okay. Um, so you fire and you hit the swoop bike, uh, you know, directly. You kind of hit it right in the, at the sort of back of the swoop bike. Uh, but you hit it center on. Um, and you see some sparks flying and some scorching from the blaster and the speeder bike itself kind of, uh, jerks slightly to, you know, the right before she stabilizes it. Um, and she looks back and sees you, um, and immediately starts to kind of like, uh, move in a more serpentine manner to try to make herself a less, uh, easy target. Um, but you definitely hit the bike, did some damage to it, but you haven't done enough to, uh, disable it in any way. Okay. Um, you haven't quite done enough to disable it. Meanwhile, you guys have uh, sort of raced down this longer throughway um, that started out narrow, but it's now um, uh, it has now uh, widened and it's very straight. It's been very, very straight since you made that turn. Um, uh, and you could see uh, the arches of the edge of Mos Eisley um, a, several hundred meters away and actually not on the same street that you're on. It looks like they're like another street or two over, but you're definitely right near the edge of. Okay, so edge of the city is in sight. We've got uh, one of the other racers kind of in front of us. Yes. And we need to get them out from in front of us, and we have to get on the right path and just win the race. And our speeder has to not blow up. And our speeder is close to blowing up. Good job, guys. Um, cool. Um. And if I were to take off that limiter, is that going to get us closer to blowing up or further away from it? Uh, you're not sure. Only one way to find out, then. So, if I can take an action, how do we deal with that limiter? Well, uh, let's see. You, um... Kira have, I believe, the most mechanics knowledge of anybody in the party. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, actually, no, you don't. Yeah, I was about to say. Actually, Brian does. Um, he's busy right now. He is. He's flying his speeder since he can't fly an X-Wing. <laughs> it's not allowed. It's in the rules. Um, so you, you know, you have to figure out some way to pull it off of the speeder, but you're not exactly sure what will happen if you pull it off and you have to obviously pull it off correctly, um, without causing some sort of problem. That's about as much as you can figure. Uh, 
Well, this is scary. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you continue to kind of gain a little bit on the other speeder. And actually, ahead of the speeder, it's just the sort of nearest dot you actually see turning left and just darting down one of the side streets. You actually, for a moment, see the two... Uh, you see two other swoop bikes. You can't tell who's piloting them, but you saw them sort of make a left turn, stop for a moment, or not almost, not stop, but slow down significantly for a moment, and then dart to the left. So at least two of the other racers are also within the general area of you. Okay. Um... Any thoughts other than, um, can I push it, let me push the throttle up to three to uh, see if I can close down the distance between myself and uh, the racer in front of us. Okay, so that you're able to do without, um, it doesn't cause any strain, it doesn't really require a check anymore, you're just sort of, you know. It's like shifting gears. Um, so you're able to, as long as you're only shifting up by one from two to three, that's fine. Okay. And I want to spend a destiny point to do a very quick, hard reset of, um, of the speeder to see if I can jar some of the strain out of it. So you're going to do a hard reset of the speeder while moving. You're going to turn it off. Yeah, I mean, I'll just put it, I'll just put in the clutch. We're oh still in motion. God. I'll I'll uh, let up on the clutch a little bit and uh, reignite it and it'll be like nothing happened. So If this goes the way I think it will, my force ghost is going to haunt you guys. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so let's see. You can you can use it. You can do this. It's you know, it's you can do this in action. <laughs> To use a destiny point with it, it's not going to allow you to just do it, but it will allow you to um, reduce and or remove a difficulty die from the check. Okay, so what once would we that, set up the dice pool. What would that check look like without spending the destiny point? So we're going to call gonna, that. Can I argue this is mechanics? Yeah, sure. That seems fine to me. Uh, so this is going to be a mechanics check, uh, but it's going to be difficult because you, well, one, because you sped up. Um, I'm always doing things in the wrong order. So this is going to be a... Oh, and Rocky used a destiny point earlier, which means I have a destiny point back. Oh, no. Oh, crap. Guess that was some dark side duct tape. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be your mechanics versus two red dice and a purple die. Ew. So you can either remove one of the purple. You can either remove that purple die with the destiny point or you can reduce the red to from uh to up from okay um you can reduce one of the red. 
Okay, and my mechanics check is... What is that? It's... I'm going to gamble and not spend it. And holy crap, I got a success and an advantage. Okay. I, I can't believe that didn't blow up in my face. So you uh, cut the throttle. Uh, so you cut the throttle and cut the engine and do a hard restart without stopping. Um, the speeder kind of lurches slightly, um, but turns off and then you re-engage it and it turns back on and the, the lilting and the sort of like pull on the controls seems to be completely gone. Um, it looks like whatever you did fixed it. Um, uh, Kira, you weren't suddenly thrown from the speeder or anything like that. Um, it was very smoothly done. Uh, you were prepped for it. Uh, it did because you had to s technically cut all power for a moment. It allowed the woman on the speeder on the swoop bike ahead of you to kind of, uh, expand the distance a little bit and she's now much further away. So firing at her with the blaster while still possible is going to be more difficult than it was. Uh, yeah. So you've looks like you've sort of fixed the little problem with the speeder. Okay. I mean, we, we still got a lot of race left and our speeders in better shape. I think that, I think we're doing okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. What are you, uh, what are we doing? How are you guys continuing forward on this race? Uh, you guys are going to have to make some more turns and maneuvers and stuff to actually get yourselves out of the city. But you also have the issue of the other speeders and other racers who seem to be not all that far in front of you. At least some of them are. Someone want to make an astrogations check and tell me which way to steer towards? I can I can do that or try at least. Okay, so you're going to make an astrogations check here? Yeah. Rocky, are you going to do anything? Uh, sure, I'll do an astrogation check too and see see if I can add some brains. So my it's one yellow, one green and two purple. I think it's fine. That is correct. Okay, here we go. <laughs> One threat. And I think I'm two green and two purple. That's correct for you, uh, Rocky. Everybody hold your breath. Success. Uh, success, yay. Where did I get three, three threat? Uh, Are my dice drunk? <laughs> did you just say three threat? <laughs> That's what it told me. <laughs> that makes okay. no sense. Okay. Does it? Okay. Um, so... Uh, you guys look ahead and you both are trying to 
get a feel for the exact direction you should be going. Uh, Nancy, you actually think we need you need to turn left again. Okay. Um, Rocky, you are actually convinced that uh, you're going the wrong way and you need to turn around and then like double double back. Uh, and that that's actually the only way that you'll be able to get to the the arch that seems to be leading out of the city. Um, but that's your both of your best guesses. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Okay, so I've got conflicting uh, advice here. One is turn left, one is double back. Yes. Um... Is it possible to add my own astrogation knowledge here to to uh, decipher which of these two is the better option? Uh, yes, you could also use a perception check since really what you're doing is kind of looking at the immediate surroundings around you. OK, to try to to, you know, ask, you know, to try to determine which which way would be the correct way. So really, it would be a. um Two purple die difficulty uh, perception check. Gotcha. Okay. And that's going to be against my perception, which is uh, yellow and green. Let's see what we get here. I get a failure and an advantage. (laughs) So uh, I guess I really don't decipher anything useful out of this. Nope. So I'm turning, uh, I'm going to double back. Okay. Uh, so you kind of, you know, spin the speeder around and start to push back in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes you away from the woman on the swoop bike. Uh, it takes you kind of away and around, um, and as you double back and kind of follow the uh, follow the road back around and then you decide the only other pathway you had seen previously is one that kind of curved off to the right. You take that around to the right and ahead of you, you actually see uh, two Jawas who are fighting to move an Eopi who will not kind of move out of the center of throughway. <laughs> Uh, and your ship moving at uh, considerable speed is barreling towards uh, the three of them. Okay, I remember that there was something that um, we couldn't break 10 feet of height, but we could at least go that high. Um, 10 meters. Or 10 meters. Can Metric system. Can I goose the repulsor lifts to... <laughs> to kind of Mario jump over this. Um, you can try to do that, but you uh, quickly recognize just from having been piloting the ship now for a little while that um, by default, the repulsor lifts don't allow that. So you're going to need assistance from at least one other person in the speeder to kind of you basically need to momentarily overcharge the repulsor lifts to get them to give you the height you need. Since they're usually, you know, the, the energy in the repulsor lifts is, um, 
kept standard so that the repulsor and the, the speeder stays all, you know, a steady amount off the ground. So you're going to need someone to basically overload the repulsors momentarily um, in order to achieve the height that you need. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, Kira, you were back there by the repulsor field generator housing. Yep. Can you tear that thing open and see if you can find some way to, to, uh, to uh, give that thing a boost. Well, I have two nice little green dice and mechanics, so I bet I can. Famous last words. Okay. So, um, uh, that sounds like that will help. So what you guys are going to do is make an assisted mechanics check. Okay. Uh, which is going to let... Uh, it's going to let you upgrade one of those dice to a uh, yellow die. While you are getting ready to do this, um, Dia, what would you like to do? Uh, or what would you like to be doing, if anything? <laughs> uh, my rolls have been crap. So I think I'm going to kind of just go with the flow for now. <laughs> You're I'm just going to brace yourself. Yeah, because I'm afraid <laughs> to mess anything up further. <laughs> okay, so you're just kind of bracing while we do this? Unless you want me to do anything. Uh, hold on and pray that we don't mess it up. I can pray. <laughs> okay. So you're going to make the uh, the check against two purple dice. Okay, and uh, the roll's going to be, uh, let's see, two purple dice, and we're upgrading one of uh, those. It'll be one yellow and one green. One yellow. And, and are one... we both making this roll? Nope, that's the assisted. Uh, okay. All righty. One yellow, one green, two purple Success and a threat. Interesting. This seems to be a pattern these days. Yeah, we, we can't do anything right without uh, also screwing something up in the process. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, so, Kira... Describe to us what you do. What are you actually going to do to this sort of repulsor control stabilizers? Hmm. Well, I definitely don't want to permanently damage them. Like, is there a cover over them or something? Yeah, there is a bit of a covering that you kind of remove in order to get access to the sort of more inner parts of repulsor. All right. I'm going to take off the cover and... Hmm. These repulsor stabilizers. I'm going to try turning them off, turning them back on again. Something hopefully not too terrifying, difficult, likely to explode. Who knows? Well, if you turn the repulsors off, the ship, the no the wait, that feeder's just going to yeah. fall out, fall to the ground. So you can't turn them off. 
I don't know. Out of character? I don't know anything about mechanics. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So here's, here's how this will work. So you pull the covering off to expose the repulses a bit more, and you actually use one of the metal sort of buckles that's on your jacket, and you move to insert it into the repulsor so that the metal, which is already a conduit, will actually cause the energy in the repulsors to short and overload for a moment. Okay. Which you do, which causes the... Uh, causes the speeder to literally hop over the EOB and the Jawas. Uh, however, uh, upon reaching a height of about seven meters to pop over the two of them, the uh, shutter from the like jump of the speeder causes your jacket to now get partially stuck in the repulsor field uh, which means that instead of dropping immediately back down to the normal height that the speeder normally is, your uh, speeder starts to rise even further into the air slowly but surely, and it's starting to shake as you're getting a little bit higher off the ground. Um, while you uh, reach down in order to try to free the jacket or at least examine what's going on, uh, you notice something, and Dia, you, who was sitting there preparing for the worst um, and having at least some of your fears confirmed seemingly, uh, you notice something. You two notice different things. Um, Dia, you notice that, and you are aided by the fact that we have all this, you have all this extra visibility given the fact that you're high up. You can see that just beyond the outskirts of the city, there is a speeder much like yours, which is racing out over the uh, wide open uh, dunes, uh, you know, and sands of Tatooine uh, headed, you know, uh, headed, you know, generally West ish. Um, You can see within the city that there are several swoop bikes which are sort of dodging in and out of different small alleyways and uh, streets trying to make their way towards the edge of the city, Um, including two that seem to be moving perfectly in tandem and then two that are kind of moving independently. Um, But lastly, you notice that there is a dark haze on the horizon, the western horizon kind of facing towards you. Um, and you kind of stare at it and it looks a little weird. You think there might be some weird trick of the, you know, the twin suns and and the light. Um, but you actually suddenly realize it's a giant sandstorm that's making its way towards Mos Eisley. Um, but before you can actually sort of point that out to anyone, Kira, you looking down at the repulsor and stuff, you catch your eye on the, uh, compressor. And you realize that there is a red light on the compressor and it is starting to beep. Uh, that's not good. No, that's really not good. Sound good. No. And that, my friends, no. is where we are <laughs> to end tonight. Oh, I'm so glad we're back together. Ah, back to our shenanigans again, aren't we? Yes, that was fun. Uh, that was a lot of fun indeed. You and guys didn't even make it out of the city. All those other stuff. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It took the Mercs like three really episodes close. to get out of a spa. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything. 
I'm not Game complaining. At it. No fair. <laughs> well, we've just been busy like dying. Yeah. So today, uh, Tommy introduced uh, you introduced a lot of the vehicle uh, elements of the game uh, to listeners. So that was really cool. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to space vehicles. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I mean, you guys are using speeders and swoop bikes. The game has stats for a number of different um, like land and uh, speeder type vehicles of various sizes and types. And they all have different speeds and strains. And then some of them have special abilities. Um, but yep, it's just one more part of the game that you can you know, weld into your game as much or as little as you want. There is even, at least I believe in the older, one of the older RPGs, there's actually a book that specifically prescribes like how to run pod races. Um, So, and there are, there are some rules that you could use to actually develop things like pod races or proper swoop like races that you've seen in like video games and stuff. Um, And in case anyone was curious, um, what uh, Zertok the Hut said in Huttese was let's begin the race. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Okay, uh, well, Tom, um, we are hoping to be back with the Merc team in short order, and then uh, we'll be hopefully totally. back on a regular recording schedule. Yes, yes, without a doubt, definitely. And especially since you guys are in the middle of a race, so we have to get back to this sooner rather than later. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, anything else we need to hit up before we uh, say goodbye for this episode? Well, thanks, Tom. Okay, well, we will go ahead and sign off there. Uh, you can find our other episodes at Tashi-Station.net. Uh, links there to all of our all of our recordings and places where you can find us online. You can find there. Thanks for listening to another episode. Stay tuned. The Mercs will be back soon. So long, everyone. Bye. Good night. Good night. This podcast is still not canon. For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi-Station.net.